Hey. Hey. We're just here to introduce this episode of the Super Divorce Supercast, so, you know, check us out at uh, superdivorceme.com. Superdivorceme.com, yeah. Yeah, superdivorceme.com. Um, you can also find us on facebook.com slash superdivorce, um, Twitter at superdivorce, Instagram at superdivorceband. Uh, you can follow Nicholas all across social media by typing in at Nicholas Villars. You can also add him on Steam mm-hmm. at Venom underscore Villars. That's right. Play some Lawbreakers with him. He would really appreciate it. I would. And you can follow me. Uh, your best bet is on Instagram at Bender Butt. Mm. We were on the radio today. We were. And we're going to talk about that. And then I honestly can't even remember what else we talked about because I'm like hella drunk. That's okay. No big deal. Yeah, no big deal. It's You'll you'll understand why right when we start out with Beer Me here in a minute. Yeah, yeah, just listen. Listen to see. So you listen guys should enjoy, chefs. Enjoy. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. Hey man, welcome to the Super Divorce Supercast. This is Nicholas. And Bender. This is Beer Me. To start the show. Yeah, we got lots of beer today, actually. Super Divorce gets lots of beer. Lots of beer. We're going to start it with one that we walked right in and picked out immediately as soon as we saw it. Oh, I thought we were starting with the Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, well, we can do that. We We can do that. I don't know, that's what we're talking about downstairs. Yeah, I, I, I just picked it up. Sorry, that's my bad. Well, then we'll As a precursor, we'll it. yeah, we'll tease. We picked a beer immediately as soon as we walked in the store. And ironically, we're not going to start the show with it. Right. So, you're going to have to wait. So, what we're actually starting with is Bender peels the golden... Ticket. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's got like a kind of golden wrapping around the top. Like a wine bottle almost, or a champagne bottle. It's from Avery Brewing. It is called the Rumpkin. Ale brewed with pumpkin and spices aged in rum barrels. Whew! It is 16.9% alcohol by volume. Holy shit! That is, <laughs> I didn't see that. That is wow. a strong... Beer. Wow. Good lord. Just to give you some perspective, there's about 4.5% alcohol in a Bud Light. Yeah. So, in this one bottle, regular size bottle. About 4.5 Bud Lights. (laughs) Good lord. intense. I did not realize that. Okay, well. Bottoms up, right? (laughs) Ooh. Cheers. Cheers. <clears throat> Ooh. That is a robust that is chocolatey. There's a lot of flavor there. Yeah. A lot to unpack in that sip there. That's like it even like 
it even gives you the warm feeling of yeah. drinking rum. I was gonna say it's it's very much like that's a strange one because it, it doesn't seem like you're drinking beer exactly because you get that you're not used to that much bite right and that's not the type of bite that you talk about with like an IPA no that's not an IPA bite that we're talking about that's just like a, an alcohol bite uh-huh <laughs> just a there's a nice warmth to it even though it's a cold beer mm-hmm just gives you the tingles you don't I, I don't think you want to pound this one hell no this is a sipping beer yeah this is definitely a sipping beer really we should have poured these into glasses we still can if you want i mean no it's it's okay. fine now i've started with the bottle yeah started with the bottle now we're here hmm <laughs> 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 a good beer though well here's here's your description oh, okay there's one on the side brewed and bottled by avery brewing co in boulder colorado we wondered what would happen if a monstrous pumpkin ale plump full of spicy gordiness were aged in fine fresh rum barrels to add suggestions of delicate oak and candied molasses rumpkin is what happens yeah brewed with rocky mountain water malted barley pumpkin nutmeg cinnamon ginger hops and yeast oh this is like uh this is a great beer first of all for this time of year mm-hmm. uh you would probably not want to drink this on a beach. No, this would be too heavy for that. Yeah. But for right about now, even through, this is, it would even be a good winter beer, I feel. Mm-hmm. But the aesthetic of the, the packaging, the bottle, uh, it's nice and, and Halloween-y. You've it got, almost suggests like a pirate's Halloween. Yeah, it does. It's a good observation because you got like the like the the jug that you would yeah. typically see like in rum yeah yeah with the skull and crossbones on it, it says batch number seven uh-huh and it's sitting next to a, a pumpkin but it's like it looks like it it's on like wood mm-hmm. and like it's been burned on the wood so that kind of helps and then the text of rumpkin and the ale you know underneath yeah. it uh really kind of suggests pirate mm-hmm. the fact that they call it ale <laughs> yeah you know mm. almost 17 percent alcohol in a in a 12 fluid ounce bottle <laughs> i'm pretty sure that this would have been illegal in ohio up until like a couple years ago really because there was uh i don't remember what the percentage was but you couldn't go above a certain percentage with the beer. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was around 11%. Hmm. But they lifted that. Like, I don't know why. 
they even did that in the first place. I, I think I remember hearing that it was something like, oh, well, if we sell, if we allow people to sell beer that's above this percentage, then it's going to increase the likelihood of kids getting drunk. It's like, well, what makes you think kids won't just get into their parents' liquor cabinet and take, like, straight that has 100 the, yeah. proof whatever. <laughs> like, it's got literally nothing to do with kids getting drunk. Yeah. Or they'll just drink more of something shitty yeah. if they want to get drunk, you know. Like, they make the same point in SLC Punk when he, when Matthew Lillard's character goes on a rant about the alcohol um the percentage of alcohol allowed in Salt Lake City. Mhm. And uh he says beer is only allowed to have like four points instead of six and mm-hmm. he's like but why a drunk is just going to drink twice as many beers <laughs> to get drunk and then not only do you have a drunk on your hands but you've got a drunk who's a fat gross slob <laughs> from drinking all the beer yeah i'm just like well yeah that's true much. have you ever seen that movie i never have seriously mm-hmm. it's so good i've always heard you know i remember there was a period of time when i used to walk past it at blockbuster like, every time I went, and I would think about renting it, and I just never did. Really? Yeah. I don't know if you have any movie like that that you remember seeing, like, repeatedly, and you're like, I should watch this. Jack Frost. The horror movie? Yeah. Yeah. Not even that I should see it. It just always, like, I was always like, there's a movie called Jack Frost, mm-hmm. and the snowman transforms into a kid. Like, yeah, that's probably one. that I remember that one distinctly from... Going to the video stores with the uh, the box, lenticular cover. Yeah. Um, you need to. We we should watch SLC Punk. It's it's so good. They made a sequel, didn't they? Yeah, not good. Not good. <laughs> not good. Mm. Unfortunately, I knew it wouldn't be, but I I watched. You know, I tried to watch it, and it just. I think it it still kind of hits the nail on the head as far as like that whole culture mm-hmm. and everything is like pretty accurately depicted, you know, maybe to the extreme of said culture, but still an accurate depiction. Like the main character is like an emo kid. Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't personally know people that were like him but i know that people like him existed yeah you know so i think it's it's still a very accurate description of all of these different sort of punk subcategories but it's like it's just not a great movie have we ever talked about the idea for wayne's world sequel threequel no i don't think so i think it would work i really do because there's like because the the scene of like cool music is so different now as opposed to when they were like actually cool uh-huh i feel like it'd be a really easy story to tell it's just like they decide to like something has happened since wayne's world 2 where they kind of drifted apart and then they decide to like get back together but when they jump back into the waters of like pop music i use that term loosely but i just mean popular music in general uh-huh. that they're like totally fish out of water and they're <laughs> You know, trying to trying to bring their '80s metal yeah. culture to a Twenty One Pilots show. Yeah, yeah. 
or like you know just because there there are like multiple different groups that you could interact with it wouldn't have to be just one but that would be one you know and yeah you've got like this super super duper hipster people who like ride unicycles and yeah have twisty mustaches you know <laughs> listen to vampire weekend yeah and then you you know or they portugal could, the man yeah they could go to a hardcore show you know and what hardcore is now right and yeah i think it'd be a fun story to tell that would be kind of fun because you could you know you could use that movie as a vehicle for like to bring back classic rock not that it's ever gone anywhere yeah but like you could, that could be sort of their quest is to like remind people of classic rock a bill and ted wayne's world crossover always seemed obvious to me too <laughs> that would be so awesome because <laughs> they want to do the third bill and ted mm-hmm I've tried to think about what possibly that would be like, like what the story would be. Well, we're going to do a third weekend at Bernie's. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's true. What was that called? Wasn't it? It was, he was going to be elected as a public official, wasn't he? Or as president? I think so because he was going to be like the first person to return from cryogenic stasis, that's basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. And he like becomes that. like a celebrity. Uh-huh. And then gets elected for something, I feel like. I don't know if we went this way with it before, but what if... I feel like it'd, it'd be the natural result of all this that somehow, like, you know, uh, Richard and Larry end up as like a part of his cabinet or something. Yeah, yeah, I think we did talk about that. Okay. And then he dies again. <laughs> <laughs> they have to like... They try and keep him, make it look like he's still yeah, alive. Yeah. This time, he's instead of it's like a low-level mob person, there's like a professional assassin who's been out <laughs> to kill him. And obviously, they just keep bringing him back. Yeah. And this assassin looks completely inept at his job because... He's been hired by, like, a foreign government to assassinate the President of the United States, who happens to be Bernie Lomax. <laughs> he can't do it. It's pretty much just, like, the story of the original, but on, like, a worldwide yeah, stage. Yeah, on a worldwide stage. That's what you do, though. <laughs> yeah. That's what you do with the third movie in a series, is yeah. you, you blow it way out of proportion. That would be so fucking funny. That needs to happen before, yeah. I don't want to, I just know that, what's his name, Terry Kaiser, he's got to be getting up there. Yeah. But he still looked good, I, I looked him up recently, looks like he's doing alright. I mean, what the fuck else is he doing? Except Weekend at Bernie's 3. <laughs> I just wonder, I'm sure he's done like TV shows and stuff, I haven't looked up his IMDB. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he's he's probably stayed busy enough. Jonathan Silverman, I've seen him and other things since then. He was on an episode of Psych, actually. Really? The dark-haired guy mm-hmm. who's actually Sarah Silverman's brother. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. I'm going to watch the, the movie again. the very least, if he falls on hard times, he can probably just call her up and be like, <laughs> hey. Yeah, probably. Struggling. Put me in one of your shows yeah. or something. Yeah. Probably. Andrew McCarthy, I don't know what he's been up to. 
could also do a maybe a Pretty in Pink sequel with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I don't want to make any jokes. No, wasn't wait. Was Andrew McCarthy Pretty in Pink or was he Sixteen Candles? Pretty, pretty in pink. pink. Yeah. Yeah. Sixteen Candles. Yeah, he's Anthony the Michael po- Hall. he's the popular kid in Pretty yeah. in Pink. That's right. Yeah. Not uh, what's his name? Not Spader. Right. But the main the love interest. Other, right, the main love interest. Who played Ducky again? Oh fuck! What was his name? I can't remember the the guy from Two and a Half Men. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. That's what I, I just can't remember did. his name. I don't watch Two and a Half Men, so I watched a few episodes, I think, but mm. I never got into sitcoms too much. Perfect Strangers. I don't know what that is. Really? Really? Coulson Larry. No. Nope. Balky. Nope. Wow. That is like zero bells are ringing at that. Oh, wow. Okay, well. Okay. (laughs) That's a a podcast episode. Mm -hmm. That has to be. Season one of Perfect Strangers. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's, uh, It's one of my favorite shows ever. Really? Yeah. Probably one of the first sitcoms I enjoyed. As a young boy. I mean, this is... I think it started in, like, the late 80s, so uh-huh. I, I excuse you. It's not like I'm... Right. No, no. It, uh, I'm just trying... I'm trying to think of, like, any sitcom that I like. Seinfeld? I've never seen it. What? You knew that. You didn't know that. I, no, I just... I've never watched Seinfeld. Oh, boy. That, like... When Bender said he's never watched Seinfeld, it... Like, against my will, my face did this, <laughs> where the one eye closes and you're kind of squinting and just, like you're... Like you're wincing. Yeah, it's like a painful. wince, like a palsy overtakes you, you know? <laughs> you haven't seen Seinfeld. Have you ever watched, like, an episode? I think I've... I think I watched the first episode like the very first episode and then i fell asleep and let it play and i woke up at probably like the sixth episode okay well i'll tell you this like compared to the rest of the series season one is horrible Uh uh-huh like pretty much any seinfeld fan would probably admit that right and it's still worth watching i think but i'm not saying that it's objectively bad like it's just not worth your time but once you get trying to think of how you would like it's like a band who puts out an okay debut album right and then their and then second one comes is... out and everyone's like oh my god and it's like a classic and then you go back and listen to the first and you're just like well i mean okay for me like, that would be like metallica putting out what was kill em all first mm-hmm and then following it with Master of Puppets. Ride the Lightning. Ride the Lightning. Yeah, but still. But still. Yeah. I, same. I, it's almost like. You could say that. Metallica fans would be like, Kill Them All is cool, but Ride the Lightning, though. Yeah, it's like that's when they became Metallica. Right. Really. The, yeah, that's a good example. That really is. Because the jump in quality and songwriting and structure and everything is just like. It's just almost like a different band Mm -hmm. you know 
but that's what happens I think a lot of I mean it's in music it's in movies and books too it's like a lot of times people will put out a debut something or other and they're trying to like catch a wave that's already in motion and then maybe they get a little success from that and then it's like okay now we this can is what do, we can really do yeah yeah I mean I feel like we'll probably be in that realm as well I think so too only it's but I'm fine with that because if it means future success mm-hmm. you know that's what we're here for I just not that our first album was bad but it's it's definitely <laughs> it would have been that album would have been so much better had we recorded with Josh yeah like I, no I, offense to to Moon Ranch I mean no but I, I mean, love Jack and I and I really appreciate all the work Kirby did for us and everything but just like when you boil it down to brass tacks like if we would have recorded the exact same album like no changes or anything yeah but recorded it with Josh we'd probably still be that band that's I, you know I mean you could make a case you could yeah. make a case some very personal things happened yeah that you know led us to where we are now and I I prefer where we are now but uh, I think I just think it, things could have been slightly different had had we been with Josh for that that I think that's a fair assessment because you know like well you're dealing with a studio that basically well in Moon Ranch you're dealing with a studio that kind of operates on like a part-time basis right you know Josh does that for a living. That's like all he does. It's his mm-hmm. job, you know. And I'm sure if you had recorded with Josh in 2004, it would be a much different album than you're getting in 2017. Yeah. As he's been doing this as his job, like Exclusive. 10 to 12 hours a day, mm-hmm. every day for the past you know 15 years now so it's like you would expect that progression i never want to record with anybody else i don't either ever i'm the same way it's like even if some like massive producer came to us Mm -hmm. i'm just like not interested because the what we've built there is so um genuine yeah that's that's the the exact word i was going to use like i don't think that uh I don't think that our friendship with Josh is any sort of like a front mm-hmm. for him. Right. Like I think that he records plenty of other bands that never see him outside of his that studio basement. Right. But definitely when, not being invited in for a movie night. You right. Know, but that we kind of got thing. to go. We hung out with him. <laughs> multiple times after spending you know all day recording with him and watched a movie and played video games and went to the farmer's market together and all that kind of stuff and it's just like like, when you went back home like they invited me over to watch the pay-per-view for wwe was happening that weekend so it's like you know stuff like that you wouldn't get with just a random person Mm -hmm. who's really a really good producer but you know it's there's an experience to it you know, that's really important as well. Yeah, I I would 
And luckily, we're since we're signed to our own label, or yeah. will be signed to our own label, yeah. we can do that. Yeah. I, I just, I'm totally on board. I never, I if I had my way, I would never record with anybody but Josh. That's what I've said as well. So, you know, sorry, mega producers. Yeah. Super Divorce isn't interested. Nope. I'm just going to keep going to Josh. Unless you want to collab. You can collab. Yeah. You can come into the mix. Yep. But you're gonna be you're gonna be talking to Josh Schroeder as, as well. So yeah. It was such a such a fun time. I think the next the next time is gonna be even better. Because I mean, just Well, look at what we did, to I be know. honest, you know? I know. It's like from from where we were a year ago, where all of this was just an idea. None of the songs were completely written. I looked it up recently um, when I was putting in the little notes on the album. But the first song that was written was Holding Hands. It was in like late October of 2016. This time last year, we had no songs that we were going to be able to play. Nothing. Because, obviously, it's different with what we're doing now. We can put a backing track on like we're going to do, and we're going to craft a show around that. But Yeah, which really... we need to talk about after, yeah. after the podcast. We got the instrumental tracks today, by the way. So Dope. Good. Um, but you couldn't put like a post-hardcore album on the backing track and just go out there and like scream along to it. Just, no. Eh. Then it's just... Ki- I mean... Then it's just karaoke, and yeah. I understand that like what we're probably what we're going to do for the first, honestly, first while. Yeah. Like let's not no sugarcoat it. It's going to be a while before you and I are able to actually play something live. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be like this super divorce karaoke show. Yeah. For a while, but the type of music that is like that's fine. Mm-hmm. We're, we're all, our, our live show is going to be perspective, or not perspective, a spectacle. Yeah. This, <laughs> this beer, dude, seriously, <laughs> I'm not even done with it yet. Our live show is going to be all about spectacle. Yeah. We're going to sing live, and it's going to be awesome. That won't be a backing track. No, no, we are going to sing live, because right now, that is our best option neither of us knows you know better than i but neither of us knows how to play keyboard proficiently enough to like perform the songs right it's like i'm capable enough to write songs and come up with with ideas and all that kind of thing but you know another aspect to all this is like how many parts there are Mm -hmm. even if we were both playing instruments it's like, well, which parts do we play? That's because the, there's so many different things on the album that we could play. So then you have to figure out what you feel like performing live. You that's know? Um, the exact reason I'm a little glad that, you know, at one time we were considering me playing drums and you playing bass. Mm-hmm. And there are multiple songs in the album where drum parts just overlap. And it's like, if I'm going to be drumming and also singing, 
I'm going to play the simpler beat or it's just like impossible for me to actually play this part mm-hmm. because you have a simple bass kick or bass snare beat going on, but also some tom work, like all yeah. at the same time. A good example is um, 10 Speeds, mm-hmm. I think, has some portions that have overlapping drum parts. And it's like, I, l- I literally can't play those. So I think it's better to just scrap the drums, at least for for now, for this album, for this time around. Mm-hmm. Uh, than to like just sit there and bass kick hi hat stim- simple simple beats mm-hmm. you know for a live show. If I'm standing up with you, I can move around and we can do stuff together yeah. and we can make it a spectacle. Mm-hmm. More of a pop concert, yeah. Really, I mean, really, yeah. It's really going to be like it's it's going to be like New Kids on the Block show, which could be fun because how many of how many like local pop concerts do you hear about? None. So. I've never been to one. <laughs> Everybody it's, has to play their own instruments, yeah. you know? And I'm not faulting anyone for doing that. No. No. It's just are. like, it's, that's like the point of necessity for us. It's like, how do you make it work in a, in a way that's interesting for people to watch? And I think uh, this is going to be the most interesting performance that we can put on at the moment. Yeah. And it's going to be very fun, though. Yeah. I almost, depending on how well it goes, you know, I... Of course, it'll be open for plenty of discussion, but it's almost like, what if we kept it this way? If it goes over well enough, yeah, I'm with what you. What if we or keep it this way? Because, at the, well, in the future, you know, we can always get, we can always get kind of like four higher musicians to come in and play shows, like a lot of pop artists do, or yeah. you know, just kind of bring people in for the time being. Right, they're not really band members; they just. Help us play Taylor live. Swift tours with random jackholes. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, you, you. That's what you do. You play. You have four higher musicians. I mean, it's it's a career path. You mm-hmm. know, like being a musician is a career path, but also being a studio player is a career path. Some people are totally down for that. They don't really give a shit right. about being in the spotlight, as it were. They just right. I mean, uh, you consider um, Paramore. Mm-hmm. Their guitar player um, Taylor. Uh, was their rhythm guitar touring player mm-hmm. for like ever? Yeah, and they put out it like well, they did two albums and God knows how many tours with Taylor as the rhythm guitar player, and then finally, uh, after their third album, after Ignorance or whatever it was called, what was their third one called? I won't be able to think of it. Um, he was considered like a member of the band and was included in like promo shots and what have you. And then when um, Zach, the drummer, and Josh, the guitar player, left, he stayed on and became, you know, even more of a member of the band. Green Day has a guy like that too, don't they? Guitar player? Something Frost. Mm-hmm. His name is like. It's like Nick Frost or J- Jason Freeze. Jason Freeze. Jason Freeze is like the rhythm guitar slash keyboard player. Yeah, Nick Frost is Simon Pegg's friend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember, because I've watched, have you ever seen Bullet in a Bible? Yes, I love that. I've got it right up there. It's so good. Yeah. 
I haven't seen it in so long. I really want to watch again. I don't know if I have it anymore. Um, but when I saw them live, and then also I watched Bullet in a Bible a lot. Mm-hmm. And there's a portion where Billy Joe introduces everybody. And mm-hmm. and Jason, uh, they have, I, I feel like they have two Jasons mm-hmm. that are backup. Um, one is like brass instruments, possibly. And the other one is rhythm guitar. And so Jason Freeze is like their rhythm guitar keyboardist. I wonder uh, why you wouldn't just ask him into the band at that point. For Green Day, I feel like it's because it's just been the three of them for so fucking long. And that's it's almost the, like icon- for, it's the iconic yeah. trio. So, like, I'm sure Jason Freeze is a very, like, accepted member of of the the show. Yeah. But... They probably had that discussion, I would assume. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I, get, I understand it. I guess the only thing that makes me, like, I think about that, and it's like, okay, well, when did that DVD come out? Like, 2004, 2005, maybe? And, like... I would put it later, because it was after American Idiot, and I thought American Idiot came out in 2005. I'm going to my CD case right now. Yeah, because he has a bullet in a Bible. God, I'm... I, God, Green Day, seriously, you know? <laughs> so good. They're so good. Uh Green Day, Green Day, where is it, where is it, did he lose it, I can't find it folks, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up right quick, yeah, look up that release date, hmm, yeah, I don't know where that went, 2005. 2005, okay. I was so, he was, I'm sure he was around before then. I feel like he probably was. So I just wonder, even if he'd been around for five years, it's like if you would have asked him into the band in like 2001, then at that point, from then to now, he would have been a part of the band longer than he wouldn't have. Green Day could have been a four-piece for longer than they'd been a three-piece, which kind of is an... In, it's like a counterintuitive thing you wouldn't imagine, similarly to, like, how... Um, what's his name? Robert Trujillo is now the longest-tenured bass player in Metallica's Metallica. history. And Scott Schreiner in Weezer is their longest-tenured bass player by quite a bit at this point. But not the original, basically. Right. And I think people just get this idea of, like, the original in their mind and assume that they're there for this lengthy amount of time, even if they really weren't. I mean, so... I don't know. I still... I don't know. I still feel like Green Day made enough of an impact as a trio that adding another person in again like i said as much as i'm sure jason freeze is like a very respected you know i'm sure he's great friends with the band i'm sure they use him on every tour yeah all that kind of stuff um i i think they they made enough of an impact as a trio that putting another person in there like after dookie 
you know, is just kind of like, it's almost weird at that point. You're, it would be different if they had lost somebody and, and added a person, you know, yeah, much like Metallica or much like ACDC or, you know, any band. The Used even, you know, has a new guitar player. That bummed me out. It bums me out too. Man. I didn't realize that Quinn was gone until I, that new video. I love Have I, I talked him. to you about this yet? We, you told me the story that he like didn't even know he was out of the band until a, he read a Facebook post. Yeah, where they had posted like, hey, we amicably parted ways and Quinn is no longer a part of the group. And it's like, Jesus, dude. And then you find out that he found out through that same post. I know. And it's like, I used to watch their DVD all the time. And so I have like, I have that burnt in connection to very early used. And I'm imagining being there from the very beginning because Quinn was a member of the band before Bert was. Yeah. I mean, really everybody was Bert. Um, I don't think they recorded anything with their, with an original vocalist, but they brought, I think Jeff was, wasn't he? Their bass player, I believe. He may have been, I don't know. I think he was the one who was initially doing vocals, and then they were like, oh, this isn't working exactly, like, let's find a vocalist. Yeah. And they went out and found Bert. But it was Jeff, Quinn, Bert, and Brandon. Yeah. Who's a member of Rancid now. Is he? Uh, Brandon. Right. Yeah, he left the U's. He left the U's and went and (laughs) became a member of Rancid, which is pretty cool. Which is cool, but also, like, I loved Brandon. Like I, I did too, but I think, like, he left after In Love and Death. Yeah, he And did. it was because of, like, he didn't like the direction the band was going in. Okay. He was a member, you know, obviously from the beginning, and I think he has, obviously, he left the band and went to join Rancid. Rancid, he's got a very specific... He wanted that more, I think he wanted, like, the edge... More, a little more of the harder style, right. you know, and they were moving away from that, it seemed like, so... Yeah, their new drummer, Dan, has been with them since, since Lies for the Liars. Yeah. So I consider, I mean, he's, that's a legitimate band member at that point. I think you so, know, too. He's been for a long time. He's, again, like, now at this point, he's probably been with them longer than Brandon was. Right, right. So, but it was really confusing, because I didn't know about Quinn until I watched the new video that he was put out, and... And I read that uh, the guitar player they have now was supposed to just be a fill-in for like a year. Mm-hmm. And Quinn was going to come back for their anniversary tour. And, uh, well, he got kicked to the curb, it seems. And Shame. Sad. Loved Quinn. AFI is the only emo band that's like still just chilling with the, the four of them. The same three members since 1991, I yeah. think, is when they formed. Which is crazy. Yeah. They've been a band for almost 30 Davey, years. Jade, Hunter, and what's their drummers? Adam. Adam. Davey, Jade, Hunter, and Adam. And it's just been the fucking four of them forever. Well, no, Adam wasn't the original drummer, right? And yeah, they, oh, well, it's been, okay, we should say it's been a three-piece. Yeah. I believe. But... Was Hunter the original bass player? Hunter, I, I believe, was. I think Jade was the new addition before they put out the um, A Fire Inside EP, which is when okay. they changed what AFI stood for. Okay. Because before that, before the A Fire Inside EP came out, they were called AFI, but it was asking for it. 
Okay. That's what the initials meant. And then Jade came into the band. And he, I think he brought with him, like, more of that darker feel. He was really into, like, The Cure uh-huh. and Joy Division and Depeche Mode and all that kind of stuff, which Davey was too, I believe. But they really brought that into the music. Yeah. As you can imagine, if you have one guitar player, their influences are going to shine through pretty right. dramatically. So, yeah. Fender just topped off. He finished off his rumpkin, so I'm going to do the same. Yeah. Oh boy, when you drink a beer, you take a big swig and it makes you do like the head shake that a shot does. Mm. Yeah. Damn, son. I'm glad that, uh, whew. Mm. Oh boy. Man, you still got a good bit to go. Um, we are, Jesus, I can't do that we're uh moving on to a second beer me actually because the rum rumpkin the rumpkin was a single bottle buy <laughs> excuse me Woo! i don't I know te- i don't know if you feel drunk but i do i have tears in my eyes i'm probably gonna feel drunk in like the next five minutes yeah that was um, intense. but we're moving on from that to uh, Flying Dog Brewery's uh, Dogtoberfest. Marzen. This is the beer that we we walked in to the to the store and we walked right up to the cooler and I went, oh, Dogtoberfest, and that was it. That's what we decided to buy. Uh, the quote on the side says, there's sauerkraut in my lederhosen. I repeat, there is sauerkraut in my lederhosen. This one, by comparison, is only 5.6 alcohol by volume. So, so we've eased off the gas considerably. Quite a bit. Quite a bit. <laughs> by about three times, or two times. Two, one, two and a half times. <sighs> oh, boy. I just downed about the last third of that previous beer. <laughs> that was intense. <laughs> Something fierce. Food. Uh, I have food on the way. Hey, did I tell you this? Did I text you the other night? That you have food on the way? No, not that. Oh. When I was, uh, Justin, I went to the Eagle. Uh-huh. No, um, you didn't text me. Well. 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 I went to the Eagle. All of you listening, cheers. Cheers. Ooh. That's such a good light, yeah, lighter Oktoberfest feel. I'm almost having trouble tasting it because I know. of how, <laughs> how heavy that yeah. one was. No, it's good though. Yeah, it is good. I can tell it's good. You went to the Eagle. I went to the Eagle, and for the first time since hmm, probably 2009, uh-huh. I had myself a chicken dinner. Oh my god. I knew that's what you were going to say. <laughs> you knew it? Yeah. When you said it for the first time, I was like, oh, you ate chicken. I did. I ate chicken. How was it? Oh, God. It was so good. <laughs> it was so good. Oh, Lord. It was so good. 
Yeah. Man. I did about two-thirds of the meal because I just ordered I ordered the half-chicken meal. Okay. And I, I got through about two-thirds of it. What was that? I think it was like a, a breast, a leg, and a drumstick. Okay. And I went about until the end of the meal, about the last third. So I think, well, maybe a little bit. I, whatever. I, I, I used the, uh, they had like a jalapeno, it was like a jalapeno syrup. And it was so yeah. good. Yeah. And I just used that on the last third or so. And... <whistles> Boy. Man. I'm just like... So Jess was asking me, like, you're just going to eat chicken all the time now, too? And I was like, well, probably not. But, you know, from time to time, and, like, immediately when we left, I uh, I texted our friend Andrew. And I was like, hey, man, there's a, a pay-per-view at the end of the month. Why don't you come over and let's do, like, some Caribbean jerk chicken. So we're going to have, like, a big, big... Uh, jerk chicken roast out over the fire yes. pit at the end of the month yes and i'm just like oh god <laughs> my mouth is watering already <laughs> like Andrew's a good cook yeah he is he already he sent me the recipe that we're he's, gonna use he's probably a better cook than me <laughs> well maybe you should get him a job at the retirement home he'd hate it what do you feel like he, he worked well he works at uh, Blaze Pizza Place. Does he really? Mm-hmm. I still feel like he hated it. Would you rather work at, like, a corporate pizza place or where you work? Um, I don't know. I guess I would rather work where I work. Yeah? But I've never worked in a, like, straight-up restaurant. Mm-hmm. So I can't really say. I feel like my job is probably much easier than his. You think so? Yeah. A lot of restaurants are very difficult, even if it's, I don't know about fast food. I've never worked fast food either. That's surprising. Mm-hmm. Never. I feel like for fun, worked. for fun, <laughs> we should just get a job at like um, the same McDonald's and just report on it for like a month. Dude, we would get fired so <laughs> fast, I feel like. <laughs> oh, we should so do that. That would be kind of fun. Because I've only done it one other time with, like, a friend. Uh-huh. But I feel like... We should do the stepbrothers thing where we do a joint interview. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh... you either hire both of us or you don't hire either of us. <laughs> one thing I would do, and this probably wouldn't work for you because you're scheduling. I would go back, and I don't know why, because it's, like, it's a shit... It's a shit job, but I think it's my perfect kind of shit job. Uh-huh. I would go back and work third shift holiday season at Toys R Us. Really? Like, when I think back of any job I've ever had, I'm like, yeah, I'd do that again. Because it's like, okay, we walk in, you go to the back, like the dock area, and you see all these boxes. It's like, all right, well... Take your pallet to whichever aisle you have for the night, and all you do 
is just open boxes and put them up on the shelves for like eight hours. Uh-huh. And no one interrupts you. Like, there are no customers walking up and saying, um, excuse me, and then you have to, like, stop what you're doing. It's just, like, you can get through your shit as fast as possible, and if you do that, then maybe you can go and help, like, your buddy in his aisle, and you help him put his shit, and you guys are bullshitting with each other and right. whatever. Like, when I think about jobs I've ever had, that's the one that, like, maybe shines in the most golden light to me, because it fits my personality type the best, where it's, like... I've started on this thing, and it's what would piss me off at, like, GameStop or something. It's like you're trying to, like, organize shit, and then, ding, and then you have to go and help someone. Right. <sighs> okay. But if you are third shift by yourself, no customers, and it's just you and all these boxes you have to put away, it's a very personal thing in, in some sense, uh -huh. you know? What do you, what, how do you feel about that, Bender? <laughs> Why, how do you think you would handle a job like that? I don't know, man. Like, the idea of working third shift just, like, has always sounded so terrible to me. Really? Yeah. Because it always sounded cool to me. I always had a strange appreciation for people who work third shift. Uh, appreciation, sure. But, yeah. like, for me personally, even though I stay up really late, I just, like... I can't imagine working all day and then, like, having a couple hours off and then working all night. Well, I mean, if you work two jobs, yes. Okay, Because yeah, I did right, do right. that. I actually did that for a while. I worked Speedway. Um, well, I worked third shift at Toys R Us from 10 a.m. Or, sorry, 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. And then I would work at Speedway by the Dayton Mall. I'd leave Toys R Us by the Dayton Mall and drive over to Speedway and work first shift there from 6 to 2. And when I came home, like, those were some, <laughs> I would say those were, like, some of the darkest days of my life. Yeah. Because then all I did was I had to sleep for maybe, you know, 6 hours, 6 or 7 hours, and then get up and get ready to go back into Toys R Us to work again that's rough. That just that, like that just sounds terrible. If all you're doing is working third shift, I guess it's not, it's not as bad right. because it's like you're working the same amount of hours, but it's just at night. Right, right. And there was something slightly comforting about the fact that like I would get off like when I this is before the speedway thing was added in, but it's like when I would get off because I did that I think three years in a row, so I'd leave Toys R Us, and I'd go and I'd get like. A fucking I think I told you this maybe when we were eating at Burger King is I would get the uh, the sausage and egg croissant uh -huh. meal at Burger King and I'd go home and I'd eat that and crawl right into bed and I'd know that like all these people were like just getting ready to start their work days and it's like oh, I've just had my breakfast and I'm crawling into bed and it's like cold outside and fuck you guys yeah. like there's a there's a certain comfort to it. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't be able to work. It would be fun to like get a job together again, but I wouldn't be able to do it now unless I were to quit my other job, which I like wouldn't be that opposed to, but Or if I worked at the retirement home with yeah. you. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> It'd be so funny.
It's not yeah. hard. You can probably get a job there. I could be a server. You could be a server. <laughs> <laughs> All of the servers are literally like 22 and younger. Really? Yeah. Do they get tips at the retirement home? I'm, I feel like they're allowed to take tips, which um, at my last home, you were not allowed to accept really from residents. Yeah. So they're trying to tell residents... What they can and can't do with their own money. Basically, That's yeah. bullshit, brother. But they, uh, because they were paid a higher hourly rate, they were like, you can't take, you can't take residents' money because whatever. I don't, it never happened too often, but there were a couple times over the amount of years that I was there where somebody would try to offer a server a tip and they'd be like, well, I can't, I can't accept that. Well, here's something if you're listening... Because I know they do this at Noodles and Company. Uh, yeah. They've got these little signs on their tables. And they're like, do not tip our waiters and waitresses. Why? They have waiters they and waitresses? Say, well, they bring your food out to you. Oh. And then, they br- and then they say, don't clean it up. We'll take care of it. And then they send those people out to get it and clean up your tables. They're waiters and waitresses, yeah. by all accounts. You're right. just ordering yourself at the counter. But they have these little advisories. It's like, do not tip. It's like, well, fuck you. I just ordered food at your place. Don't tell me if I can or can't give the person who's going to clean up after me and who brought me my food a little extra money. Right. Well, I do it every time I go in. Yeah. So, see how effective that is. With your little signs. Your you know? fucking little signs. Yeah. Telling me who I can and cannot give extra money to. It's nah. like, I feel like that's the same as... Shit, I had a really good example. I don't remember it. I'm like hella drunk. <laughs> um, I had a really good... Uh, person like like you you could tip but you wouldn't normally think to tip it's not a bartender how about a gas station attendant i've never tipped a gas station attendant well maybe not like i'm not talking about like a person who just works there like if you go and i'm saying this like a well-seasoned traveler (laughs) if you go to new jersey you know like you're literally not allowed to pump your own gas really yeah, like I, I remember getting yelled at like the first time that I went to New Jersey with uh, the uh, Great American Beast when we were going out to the East Coast and we drove through New Jersey and I stopped to get gas and I just pulled into the gas station and like got out and like, well, I just put my, you know, fucking doing the thing and like someone comes out, hey, no, no, stop, stop, what are you doing? And I was like, shit, sorry, what, 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 you know, and they're yeah. like, took notice of like the Ohio license plate and like you can't pump your own gas in New Jersey and I was like really <laughs> like yes it's it's literally like against the law like what? no it's not yeah like people are literally not this it's so crazy to think like that different states operate so differently in, in these like minuscule ways right. that they would impact your your daily your, life yeah so you know? heavily yeah, but it's like when you pull into a gas station in Jersey, you have to wait for the attendant to come up 
and take your card or ask you for like the cash and be like, well, okay, which grade do you want and how much do you want? And then they have to pump it for you, you know? Like you cannot get out of your car at the pump. You have to stop, you have to drive up to like the gas station parking lot to park and get out. Like you can't get out at the pump and you can't pump your own gas. Yes, seriously. And so it's another one of those those things. things. Like, well, it's another one where, well, it's customary because you're not doing it yourself. Right. Well, you're supposed to at least leave like a dollar or something for the gas station attendant because they're pumping your gas for you. I mean, it's kind of convenient if it's like, you know, negative 10 degrees outside and you see them in their little hut out there waiting for you to pull up and they have to run out and pump your gas and you're like, fill up the tank. Maybe give them an extra dollar or something, but yes, you cannot do it yourself. I just feel like that's one of those things where there should be more jokes about that. <laughs> what? <laughs> what, from like famous comedians? Or... Yeah, just like, I've never ever in my life heard that you can't pump your own gas in Jersey, and I feel like that's such an, it's it's such a thing like that the rest of the country or some of the rest of the country doesn't abide by that more people would take notice of it. And I would have heard by heard of it by now. <laughs> you would think so, but that's exactly why I didn't know right. when it happened because, to me the first time. Right. Someone starts yelling at me. What I'm pump, I'm just pumping gas. Right. You can't do that here. Literally, it's against the law. That's so weird. <laughs> like it's like, does Jersey think everybody is too stupid to pump their own gas? I guess. They I mean, say if you're it. from Jersey, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I expect yeah. to hear from comedians. Yeah. Well, they say it cuts down like the number of drive-offs. You know. Oh, that's fine. But, you know, for me, it's just like, how many fucking people are really just driving off with gas? But, you know, they probably are. They, somehow. I thought gas, nowadays, I thought gas didn't pump unless you put your card in or you pay prepay. Usually not, and you would think that would get rid that of the need That would just totally take care of it. People to come out and pump your gas for you because you can't. Like, I'm just... Do you not think I'm a big boy? Incapable of pumping my own gas. Yeah. I mean, it's at a certain point, the more you talk about it, it starts to sound like a luxury. Well, yeah, especially in the winter. You know, that's an awful thing when, like, the wind is just, like, whipping at you and you have to, like... Just stand there waiting for your tank to fill. And you can't get back in your car because they say the static is going to make the entire gas station explode. explode. (laughs) I get back in my car all the time. (laughs) I'll take that risk. Uh, I've filled up plenty of times with my car still running. Really? Yeah. I've never done that, I Mm. will admit. I've never filled up while my car is running. Well, I've had to do it a couple times when, like... Most recently, it was just a couple months ago, when I got the van running again, but there was hardly any gas in it. And I had to drive it straight to Speedway and start to fill up, and it was like, well, it's not ready to be turned off yet, because then I'm going to have to get another jump. So, 
I'll keep it running while I fill up. You can. So it makes me wonder, like, what exactly, what's, the what's risk? going on here? What's, what's the, the real risk? Yeah, what's the real risk? And I remember my grandpa telling me one time, like, when I asked him, because I saw him do it once. I was like, isn't there, like, some danger? Like, nah, <laughs> no, no, no. He's like, we're just fucking with you. Yeah. He's like, we we always left our cars running, filling up our tanks back in the old days. And it's like, back in the old days. Yeah. So, so what is this? What happened? Did one gas station blow up? And they were yeah, just like. Yeah, one in the all of history. Yeah. And they're like, this is because the person didn't turn off their car. Like, <laughs> And it's like, you know, somehow it's like. People must have been so much more malleable back then, or some shit, because I feel like now people are so willing to not listen to advice from other people. Mm. Like, if you were just like, hey, four gas stations exploded because people left their cars on while they were filling up gas, there'd be some dude that'd be like, yeah, but that's like not going to happen to me, bro. (laughs) You know, and then still leave his car on, like... But if it happened back in, like, the 1930s, mm-hmm. where, like, one gas station explodes, and then they're just like, oh, shit, don't leave your car on while you fill up gas, I feel like every person in the 30s was just like, yeah, I'm not going to do that ever again, ever, for all time. Yeah. I don't know. Fucking crazy people, man. Yeah, man. It's fucking wanksters. Wanksters. <laughs> <laughs> You know what wankster stood for? Wangster? I found that out. Like Some... a white gangster? Yes! That's it. Oh, I call them... I always call them wiggers. That's what I always did when I was in school, too. Yeah. Yeah. Wiggers. But I guess wankster stands wankster. for... Wankster. Yeah, white gangster. Yeah. With a big wang. <laughs> I don't feel like I don't know. Oh, I wanted to talk about this on the on the program. Okay. So I I did a pre I and look, if you're listening and you're like a a super elite PC person, fine, okay, I get it. But last night I've replaced like a few components on computers before. Uh-huh. But last night I I replaced my processor for the first time. Okay. On any computer I've had. And I felt very accomplished because if you're not like a PC person, it's tough to comprehend how often things go wrong when you do exactly what you thought you were supposed to do. <laughs> so I did that last night. Um, I replaced my processor. I bought two new sticks of RAM for my computer. Uh-huh. And I also got a new wireless card. And okay. I installed all of these things last last evening. By yourself. By myself. Okay. And turned on my computer. And everything worked perfectly. And you will not understand unless you've dicked around with the components of your computer 
what exactly that feels like. Because in the past, it's like almost anything you try leads to more problems that you have to then troubleshoot and figure this and that and that and whatever. But everything went swimmingly. And so my computer is much better equipped to handle the uh, editing and such for our video shows and our podcast and uploading things literally by it'll it'll be about perhaps eight times faster uploading things than it was before sweet and trying to build a computer are you eventually i have a friend um it's uh Lindsay's cousin's husband that i've been talking to the guy that does the idiot squad thing on youtube Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to him not too long ago and he I told him I was trying to build a computer so I could take over editing for mom's movies and he said that if I got the money together he would build a computer for me because he enjoys doing it that's cool yeah cool. he's a cool guy his name's DJ that's cool DJ so I just need to get about about a thousand dollars together yeah you can get something Something. I'm not. I'm not yeah. looking for anything too crazy. No, like you can get somewhat crazy for a thousand dollars if you right. build it yourself. Yeah, he if was you're not like me. walking, shambling into Best Buy like a zombie, and you're like, "What about thousand dollars?" He was telling me uh, when I told him like kind of what I was going for, like editing and then some, maybe some mild gaming, whatever. He was like, "Oh, anywhere between six hundred and a thousand. You yeah. Know? So I'm actually like a thousand would be dope. I'll probably get in touch with him when I have eight hundred saved mm-hmm. up to start, you know, and getting things going. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna build and get have him help me build a PC eventually, and then and then you can become a PC gamer too. I know. And yeah. you can play Lawbreakers with me. Yeah, it's probably gonna be a long time before I, I get. I've got a hundred dollars so far. Look at it this way. Okay. I don't know what your bills look like at the moment. I have zero. They look like zero. I don't have any except for um, in car insurance. Can you put aside? What do you get paid biweekly? Yeah, biweekly, like a hundred dollars every two weeks. Okay. So before the end of the year, you could have like a badass PC, mm-hmm. brother. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like my my Christmas present to myself will be a good, a big, big old PC. Do that. I know that'd well, be good. That's my idea. That's my idea. Because I'm really, I'm really not. I'm not like stressing out over it, but I really, really want to release monster movies weekly. Mm-hmm. Like. I ain't trying to make you do it weekly, mm-hmm. but like I, it's really like killing me that it doesn't come out weekly because there's my my mom especially has a lot of um, people at school who really enjoy it. There's a there's a teacher whose husband is like super into it, mm-hmm. and like they make a they make a thing out of it every time a new episode. And there's only been two episodes. Yeah. And, uh... But you have this... another one coming this week, right? 
Uh, technically next, next week. It'll be next week. Today's Thursday, so it'll be next this week. coming yeah, okay, Wednesday. The next time, yeah. This coming Wednesday, yeah. a new episode. Episode three will come out. Um, but there's yeah, my mom. There's a teacher, a coworker of hers at school who, whose husband is like all about it. Like, gets really excited. Got really excited that episode two came out and was like, we have to watch this. Every other week when it comes out, like promise mm-hmm. me we're gonna watch it. So it's just really, it's really, just really fun, and I really want to to take over editing so that I can put it out more often. You guys can look forward to that. It's gonna happen soon. Bender just needs his own damn computer. That's all I need. I just need my own computer because my laptop is not gonna cut it. Yeah. I'd probably, I'm probably gonna start filming on my phone too. On your phone? Yeah. I would, I'd like to get a tripod attachment like Thomas Bicknell had. Yeah. Um, but I'd like to start... I might start filming on my phone because... Like, picture quality doesn't matter to me as much as, like, the amount of time we're able to go. Mm-hmm. Well, we could up that with a new... We could get ourselves a new camera. Well, not even that. I was going to say we could get a new... Um... A larger memory card. Memory card. We could yeah. get a better memory card. Yeah, yeah. That's just what we were stuck with. At the moment, we can get a new one yeah, of those. I we could do that. But uh, yeah, um, super scary is coming back. I meant to ask you about the list for that um, because I need to buy whatever we you know i don't have that we plan on watching i know the slayer was one of them but uh, i'd like to pick up we're about to hold on if nick can find it we're about to announce um october's super scary episodes right now yeah if i can just find this just give me we had a business meeting about this a couple weeks ago let me just uh see if i can just find this here yeah and I get I get paid on Thursday, so I will buy whatever we need me to buy. Let's see. Let's see if I can just find this here. That was something different. Um, well, like I said, uh, the Slayer is going to be one of them. I remember. Oh, and then we were also going to do um, between dawn and day, which is. Uh, Arrow Video is releasing that uh, box set of the three movies that Romero directed between uh, Dawn of the Living Dead and Day of the Living Dead. Or Day of the Dead, whatever. Yeah. But I think we were also talking about just doing a whole Romero tribute because he passed away. Yeah, we were. I mean, Which would still be cool. If it was up for discussion, we could do a Toby Hooper tribute, too. Do Texas Chainsaw, Texas Chainsaw 2, Life Force, Mortuary, Toolbox Murders, Salem's Lot, Funhouse, all he of He did movies. Salem's Lot? Yes, he did. He did the TV adaptation of Salem's Lot. Oh. He also did a movie called... Eaten Alive, which was basically Jaws with a giant crocodile, I think. Oh. Well, here we go on Super Scary for 2017. Here's our our October lineup. This is going to be a week-long event 
Super Scary is returning. Wednesday the 25th through Tuesday the 31st. Yep. And a double feature. No. Triple feature on Halloween. Yeah, because that's the that's the Romero. Um, the Crazies. Uh, the, something about a witch. Season of the Witch. Season of the Witch. And there is always, there's always Vanilla. There's always Vanilla is the third one. So, on Wednesday the 25th, we will bring you Terror Vision. On the 26th, it will be The Burning. Oh, so good. 27th, Fright Night. 28th, Return of the Living Dead. 29th, The Burbs. 30th, Godzilla 1985. And on the 31st, on the super scary Halloween... George Romero. Triple feature. Triple feature. The Crazies, Season of the Witch, and There's Always Vanilla. Yeah, you'll need to... I'll need to get myself a picture of that list so I can buy... Let's see, what do I need to buy? Fright Night, Return of the Living Dead, Burbs. I need to buy three through... Not seven, basically. Because okay. I have Terror Vision and The Burning. I have three copies of The Burning. That's how much I like it. Mm. I don't know. We could probably switch out Terror Vision. Switch it out? Maybe. Since you already did it? Yeah. I did it on Mobster Movies, so maybe we'll switch it out for Super Scary. What about Trilogy of Terror? Trilogy of Terror? Maybe. Also, Tales from the Dark Side is another one that I know about that I haven't seen. That's a sort of um, anthology. Or The Gate. Yeah, The Gate would be good. I can pick that up on Vestron. Um, speaking of anthologies, now that it's late September, well, mid-September, really, um, F- I was at FYE the other day, and they had a Halloween display mm. of horror movies. And I don't know if you have Trick or Treat on Blu-ray, but they had a number of copies oh. of it on Blu-ray. It was $20, which I thought was steep. <clears throat> I'm going to check like Amazon first. Okay. But... There's a Blu-ray of Trick or Treat out there, and I really want to pick that up. Alright. Well, chefs, it's gonna about do it for this week, I think. Yeah. So, uh, stick around, we're gonna see y'all out of here. See you in the outro. Mmm. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode of the Super Divorce Supercast. Get y'all out of here pretty soon. Um, go to superdivorceme.com. One stop shop. Super Divorce Superverse. Super Superverse. Super, 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 one stop shop for the Super Divorce Superverse. Are you drunk too? A little bit. Jeez. I haven't eaten anything. So. I haven't either. I really haven't. Yeah. So, um, follow me across social media at Nicholas Villars with a C-H-O-L-A-S, Villars, <laughs> wherever you go. If I'm there, then I'm there. And if I'm not, then you looked in the wrong spot. Um, follow the band. Start out at superdivorceme.com. I think you already said that. Yeah. But also find us on facebook.com slash superdivorce, Instagram at superdivorceband, Twitter at superdivorce. 
And then you can follow me, myself, and Irene at BenderButt on Instagram. Instagram is where I like to be the most, so that's where I am. I'm also on Twitter and Snapchat, but I don't give two shits about those websites. So So we are now going to close the podcast because we have more business to attend to concerning live shows and other exciting things for you guys. Yeah. So I hope you enjoyed, chefs. Yeah, we'll see you later. See you next week. Divorce.